0: goal to run a marathon i just you know there's times when going through some things that are uncomfortable emotional maturity work can be uncomfortable and it's worth the outcome
1: welcome to soul logic not your breathy spirituality This is neither tie-dye, running through fairy fields, nor corporate performance metrics, but increasing your inner authority and personal freedom, moving you from the corporate mindset to a conscious mindset.
0: We're your hosts, Cindy and Scott, and we're here to put the practical into awakening.
1: Welcome to Soul Logic, not your breathy spirituality this is neither tie-dye running through fairy fields nor corporate performance metrics but increasing your inner authority and personal freedom moving you from the corporate mindset to a conscious mindset
0: we're your hosts cindy and scott and we're here to put the practical into awakening
1: Welcome to this episode of Soul Logic. We have a hot topic here. We have the topic of emotional maturity. Cindy and I are going to be talking about the signs, maybe the indicators when you're having a conversation with somebody and you recognize that maybe they're not at the same level of emotional maturity as you might be. And one thing that I've personally noticed is that the more that I continue along this path of awakening, As we mentioned quite a few podcasts ago, it does require us to take personal responsibility, right? Taking responsibility for our actions. So, we're going to talk about so many examples and signs, indicators, and also ways to deal with situations like this, which could actually be a little bit crazy making for you. Cindy, (laughs) go ahead
0: yeah, so this is a definitely a charge topic, pun intended. <laughs> we are all fired up about this. Uh, I think when you start on the spiritual journey and you start going in, you can't help but develop some emotional maturity. It doesn't make you perfect by any means, but that just the act of having self-reflection, understanding your actions, your behaviors, also understanding that we're all one together, and that, actions of others aren't always directed at you. It's not always about you. I think that's one of the key things for me. And so I think it's such a hot topic in our world. I think honestly, some of the, if we talk about divide, I mean, some of it's starting to be like emotional maturity and emotional immaturity where you have terms like
1: owning our actions is what comes to mind after you've said all of that, right? The more that we are on this path, The path requires us to spend more time with ourselves to, to reflect what I've seen at least is more comfortable owning our actions. And I'll say owning my actions, right? I've become more comfortable owning my actions and those actions that are not so pleasing. I'm like, okay. But I look at it with more compassion. I say, okay, you know what? Maybe I didn't do so great in that scenario or in that situation. I understand why. And I'm kind of willing then to back up a little bit, be the observer and find out what the triggers might have been, what made me respond a certain way, or even react a certain way. We'll talk about reacting and responding in a little bit. But I think that the point that you made, and that's what I've seen, is that people that do take things so personally, everything is some personal attack. No, it's not.
0: Yeah. And I think actually you bring up a good point. I was actually saying it's not always about me, but you're right in saying it's also not always about them. And I think it's that discernment um, when you get that emotional maturity is to understand, oh, this is something out exterior to me or to them and you know circumstances are happening and I'm reacting to your point. We'll talk about that in a minute. I'm reacting. And so can I stop myself for a moment, reflect on what's happening and then change my thoughts, change my behaviors to be uh, more congruent with a more mature approach to our emotions.
1: And that right there is the important thing. Can I stop for a moment? And sometimes when it's a charged topic, just that ability to recognize that and actually do it, right? Putting the pause in the conversation can be challenging.
0: It's true. We talked about that in a prior podcast, but it's really, really key. I think to uh, we talked about it in the context of tapping into our intuition, but it's also really important in this context of tapping into our emotions to say, oh, let's have a check here. And actually you can even ask the person like, Hey, you know, I'm having a moment. You can, or don't even have to ask you can say, Hey, I'm having a moment. Let me just check in with myself. Or you can say, Hey, is this actually about me? Is this about you? Is this about something not happening between us right now? And you're just, you know, something's bothering you outside of this conversation that takes a lot of maturity to ask, to recognize, and then to ask those questions, whether it's you're asking it of yourself internally, or you're actually verbalizing it to another person. But let's jump into, let's just go at it with uh, like, let's just talk about gaslighting.
1: <laughs> let's just oh go okay. there. gosh. Okay. Let's go there.
0: Um, and it's the ultimate, I think emotional immaturity that you can have. And it stems from insecurity, uh, certainly lack of self-reflection, self inability of a person to, handle the emotions of maybe hurting someone's feelings or doing something wrong to somebody. So it's just like flat out denial. Like I will just make them feel so wrong. And like, how could they ever have thought that? Because I personally can't handle the emotions that like, I don't want to feel like I'm a bad person. I don't want to feel like I hurt a person. So I'm just going to stiff arm it and deny, deny, deny. And it's the most immature thing I think a person can do.
1: And hurtful and crazy making. I mean, it will make you absolutely nuts, right? When somebody continues to deny that which you've seen, that which you know, that which you've read, that which you've heard, and they deny it. And and you, you question your sanity. You do. Totally. You do. Have you ever seen that movie, Cindy, Gaslight?
0: Well, no, you were talking about it, um, but I have never seen it. So I did not know this is where the term came from. Tell everybody the gist of the story.
1: And there's a movie called Gaslight. It's a black and white movie. It was made, I think, in the late 40s or early 50s. It's a fantastic movie. You probably see it on Netflix or I think even on YouTube. It might even be there. And if I'm not mistaken, it's actually where the term gaslighting came from, from this movie. It's a, I won't tell you the plot of the movie, but it's a great movie and you can see how even what 70 80 years ago uh, 70 years ago right probably where this behavior is as applicable as it is today the difference being that today the behavior can be on social media can be you know it's more rapidly available to us in, mo- in many different formats versus just face to face and you know person to person but uh, gaslighting is it's so rampant what you said is so is so important. It's really covering up their insecurity and their inability to deal with whatever might come next in a conversation that probably needs to be a mature conversation, right?
0: Mature. Just that sounded immature. Let's just clarify: a mature,
1: a mature, <laughs> a conversation. absolutely yeah. a mature, a mature conversation that that person, because of their level of emotional immaturity, is not able to have.
0: It's true. And I think it's an opportunity. So here's two things that made me think of that. One, human nature, right? We if since the fifties and before, we've been gaslighting each other. Now we just have a term for it. And I think you're right, social media has allowed that to exponentially ramp itself up <laughs> in some ways. And but now we have a name for this, what what people are doing to one another. And it feels to your point, it feels terrible. It's hurtful. And even as a mature or a maturing person emotionally, I even have hard time. I I don't, as you're speaking, I'm like, Oh, one thing you could do about that is actually say, Oh, Hey, I think you could actually try to address it. Um, I think that's probably a slippery slope because if you've got somebody who's gaslighting you that hard and really cannot tap into any emotion of doing somebody wrong, it may not go well, but it might be worth, it might be worth a shot. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Scott?
1: I've done it before. And <laughs> it is, it's going to go one or two ways. More often than not, it doesn't go well, because they don't believe anything is wrong, right? I mean, they're, they're really trying to protect themselves. And if they're in that continual state of denial, and they're, they're telling you that what you've seen or what you've, what you've, anything, whatever, whatever you've seen, what you've heard, what you've read is not what you've seen heard or read just to give a couple of examples and you say that's not true they continue the denial the denial continues basically and it is a slippery slope and the more you go down that slope the more you slide it's like being on a mountainside with scree and you're just like you know really you can't get you cannot get solid footing because they they will not allow it that's what i've seen They absolutely will not allow it as a way to protect themselves.
0: Good visual. I actually, um, I have experienced that. I will share a story. I um, was dating a guy, and uh, we were on a hike, and he said something that was incredibly hurtful to me. It really hurt my feelings. Like I'm not a crier, and it brought tears to my eyes. And I couldn't address it in the moment because I was. I would cry and that would embarrass me. And so I wasn't going to do that (laughs) Um, emotionally mature or not. I had to go process that, but I had a conversation with him later just saying, Hey, when you said this, this really, you know, it hurt my feelings. It made me feel like, um, you know, your, your prior statement that you cared about this topic, like that was just, that wasn't real. Like it was all just fake. Um, I don't remember my exact words, but his response, I remember the first response was, oh, well, I was just channeling you. Um, It was a pretty sharp, hurtful comment that he sent back to me. And I'm a lot of things. I can certainly be sharp, I'm sure. But in that moment, I know that wasn't true. And so I was like, oh. So I was really triggered by that. So I guess I did pause. And in the pause, I was just, I said, oh, that's an interesting answer or interesting take on the situation. And I just stopped talking. I just let some silence hang between us. Not necessarily on purpose, but I was also just trying to process what he just said to me because it was so out of left field and definitely felt like gaslighting to me. I'm like, I know I was not putting out sharp, kind of mean energy into our conversation. And his next response to me then after the silence was, Oh, well, I was just joking. So my interpretation of that is one, it wasn't me, it was you, right? So I'm already seeing and some emotional immaturity and mature. Um, an emotionally mature person would say, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I did not mean it that way. Or I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. A person who's secure in that is going to be like, Oh my gosh, I didn't mean it. And so for the first response to be, Oh, it's not me. It's you. You know, I was just channeling your energy, which I mean, we're talking about soul logic here and fairly out there kind of topics. This is not a man who, ever spoken this language. So I don't even know where that came from.
1: (laughs) He was listening Um, to you on this podcast. (laughs)
0: Maybe so. (laughs) I think it was pre-podcast actually. Anyway, um, the the second to say, Oh, I was just joking. So like then just discounting my feelings of don't take it so seriously. I was just joking. Don't, you know, don't be such a wimp or whatnot also didn't feel good. So then we're kind of moving from gaslighting to just straight you know, not taking responsibility for himself and making me feel bad, putting the responsibility back on me. And i had already owned the, I'd already owned the emotion. You know, I wasn't blaming him. I said that it just made me feel this way and wanted to talk to you about it. And then finally he said, Oh, I'm sorry. Hmm. And so it just didn't, you know, you can just sort of see the, the, the fight or flight in that conversation with him. Right. Where it was like, Oh, like, I don't want to be a bad person that's not who I see myself. So it must not be me. It must've been you. And then when that didn't land, because I wasn't accepting that, uh, it was, oh, well, let's, we'll just joke it off. Like, ha ha ha. We'll just laugh this off. And like, I didn't, it didn't mean anything. And when that didn't land, then the apology came. So I just think, you know, I didn't I just was trying to be, I was just trying to process, I was definitely trying to not make him wrong. You know, we all say things, I have hurt people's feelings before. We all say stuff or do stuff that we don't understand how it's going to be received by the other person. But an emotionally mature person, I think would listen to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. A step further than that would be like, tell me more about how that made you feel. Tell me more, tell me how I can avoid doing that in the future. Um, You know, there's lots of ways to approach. Emotional maturity.
1: You've said so much. I have like 10 different things I want to comment on. But let me just start yeah. with the last one before I forget it. Yeah. Because that because there's some other ones that are kind of filed away here. Um you said at the end, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, tell me tell me what I can do to avoid that in the future, right? Yeah, you're probably not going to hear that from a person that's emotionally immature because they don't want to take that responsibility. It's just I don't want to say it's not in their DNA. I suspect it could be learned, but it's going to take a quite a bit of effort probably on their part right to be able to to shift the way that they've been for probably a long period of time is to take that responsibility to really find out what did they do to upset you and how can it be avoided in the future again them needing to take responsibility to do that and the other piece is that that part just makes me crazy right oh i'm just joking no you're not you weren't And you're not joking and that's just a convenient and easy way to again not take responsibility for what you said because you want to end the conversation as quickly as possible and just simply it just like minimize the whole thing oh just oh it's nothing just brush it off no
0: yeah i mean we could have been joking but to just say oh i was just joking minimizes it i mean again i've joked and hurt people's feelings and like immediately apologize right just like i'm being funny and not really thinking it through so I think he could have just been joking. It's still kind of hurtful. You know, there's probably some truth. I think, isn't there a saying that there's truth in every joke?
1: Um, I've never heard it, but it sounds like it could be very true.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think there's some saying <laughs> out that says 10% of every joke is true, or at least 10% mm. of every joke is true. Um, so carry on. I didn't mean to to to, inter- to interrupt you there, but.
1: No, it was you know. really just those two right there. You, you know, you hear that a lot, right? Oh, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. Yeah. The person didn't realize that what they said was hurtful, Mm -hmm. but they don't want to go deep into it to understand what made it hurtful. Right. Did I say that correctly?
0: I think so. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that is, again, I think as you do this work, you're more able to be with pain, like emotional maturity, I think is also some level of withstanding or being in able to handle pain even if it's just a, a moment, I'm not talking like bodily pain, although that's something, but some emotional pain. And it could just be like, oh, that hurt. Or it could be, I've just lost a major loved one. I mean, there's lots of levels of being in pain and most people can't handle that.
1: That is an excellent point. That is an excellent point. And look at it, in all fairness, I don't think that we have been really educated on how to. Also but a
0: good no- point.
1: Right, number one. And secondly, I think the more time that we spend in front of our computers and our iPads and hooked up to apps and our devices, the less actual human contact we have, the less opportunity we're getting on a day-by-day basis to practice being more human, to practice compassion, to develop these skills.
0: Well, that's a good point. I mean, I think too, like if you look at, I mean, I hate to harp on social media, but it's really easy to attack somebody on social media and not get the feedback of like, Hey, that hurt my feelings, you know, and not knowing you may have sent somebody spiraling down or maybe you do. And that was your point, which makes that's a whole nother conversation, right? (laughs) But, um, it's very easy to just spit out your joke or your judgment and not realize the effect of somebody because it's remote from you. So I think, I do think that human connection peace is getting further and further apart a little bit so then you want it to be all now we've gone through the pandemic and we all want to just have some good happy times together and when you come together and something happens that's hurtful it's hard right we've all just gone through a bunch of stuff like you don't want to really drag that up again we want to be happy (laughs) but if you have some maturity under there it's like we're all human like it's pandemic or otherwise social media or otherwise we you know we can we can have some maturity around how we interact with people
1: absolutely so let's briefly touch on ghosting because it's another thing that seems to be very prevalent it's a word that probably didn't exist in this form 10 years ago right maybe yeah. five years ago i don't even it seems very recent to me and let's talk about that and then we'll go into a short break and come back and go into the second part of the segment so what do you think about ghosting
0: Oh, well, it's rude.
1: Right? <laughs> it is. It is, again, like gaslighting, like the epitome of emotional immaturity. Yeah. What did I do? You're left holding the bag. You know, you're left questioning yourself. You, you start thinking that you're crazy. Like you start analyzing your actions over and over. Okay. Did I do that? Did I, do, what, what happened? Yeah. And again, it's most probably nothing at all that you did. It's what that person couldn't deal with.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so true. I mean, I think it really it, I, I don't know, I don't know the origin story of ghosting, but it probably comes from online dating, don't you think? Is I that think where so. it comes from? Yeah. 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 Um, and I think again, it's just like the inability to be in pain, like the handling rejection or giving rejection. Um, you know, it's hard on both sides. I don't like, I mean, I I don't like to tell people like, hey, this isn't a fit if it's like a really nice person. But it requires, you know, if you're emotionally mature, you can just say hey, I really liked meeting you. It's not a fit for me. Thank you so much, you know, or whatever. Good luck to you or whatever. Um, And the mature response is, I wish you luck too. (laughs) And you move on. It's really not personal in that regard. Now, it does get a little bit more hurtful when you've gone into three, four or five dates or whatever, and then somebody, you know, you've gone out, you've met, you start to develop some kind of connection, you know, not that it's ready for marriage, but, (laughs) um, you know, and then they just disappear that level i think that's that kind of ghosting is is really immature and really really hurtful to people and just again i think that the maturity to say something that it's you know to not ghost and also the maturity to receive any negativity that might come back to you just knowing that a lot of people can't handle it and it's okay and just you know yeah yeah
1: well said let's take a short break we're going to come back and talk about responding versus reacting you're listening to soul logic shifting you from a corporate mindset into a conscious mindset check out our course online at roadmaptoawakening.com helping you bring the practical into awakening and make sense of what's happening on your journey when do we react or when do we respond and i've been in those highly charged situations where the triggers are flying and it's really intense and as much as i've wanted to respond i have reacted and it hasn't been pretty and one I- thing that i found is you know you talk about stopping or pausing is i have this acronym that i learned back in coaching training and it's it's so applicable and it's one i share all the time it's, wait, why am I talking? And sometimes I want to use it as, what am I thinking? And just sometimes those two or three seconds, if you say it slowly to yourself, it's enough to break that charge, right? Like that rush of adrenaline, that surge that's coming up and we're like, ah! and just enough time just to break that so that we can regain our composure and bring ourselves more into a state of um, equilibrium. So of being so charged, which would then potentially allow us to respond and slip into a more emotionally mature way of communicating, you know, speaking in I statements and, and really considering what is it in the conversation that affected us and, and speaking about it. And look, I don't do it right all the time. And the funny thing is, is when you start doing this and you start, when you are more emotionally mature and you don't do it, I also know I feel crappy. Yes right? Yes. Oh my gosh, the self
0: magulation when you've flown off the handle and you're like, "Oh, uh, I'm supposed to be more evolved than this," right? <laughs> yeah, I love wait. I you that's a new acro- uh, ac- acronym to me. Acronym. Uh, you mentioned it in a podcast before and I love it. And I think it's so interesting because in the example I just gave earlier in the podcast about getting gaslit, you know, I I waited, but not intentionally just because I was so taken aback by the answer, (laughs) but, you know, take advantage of that too. You know, I, do you have tips? And I, I know you said this last time too, but I think it's worth repeating because when you are triggered, the first thing is you, you just see red, right? You're just like, ah, I'm going to defend myself. Pointers to people, including myself, you know, to remind yourself to wait, you know, if you haven't, if, you know, it's something you're ready to react to immediately versus being somewhat taken aback.
1: Okay, full disclosure, I don't always practice this as much as it might sound really good. But I think the first thing is, I usually feel it in my body somewhere. Mm-hmm. I usually feel that, that hit or that impact somewhere in my body, usually in my heart or my my gut. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I probably in without planning to i wait just a bit because i do want to pay attention to what am i feeling what's what's surfacing there so feel feel where whatever's happening in the conversation is is landing in your body i think that's the first thing the second thing is it's not all about me it's not all about them you know there's something happening here that is impacting me or triggering me in that moment and sometimes I fast forward to the end and I say to myself, if I continue down this slope that I'm on right now, I know it's not going to end good. And so sometimes if I have the emotional maturity in that moment, depending on how charged it is, I'm able to regain composure. Other times, I love what you said earlier. About just, I need a moment. You know, just give me a moment here. I need to process something. I think that is so powerful. And that is probably the, one of the easiest things to do. We're waiting at the same time that we're giving ourselves that space, that silence to process, to think, to feel. We're, we're kind of pulling everything all together in that. And we're giving that person the same thing, which is also a really good opportunity.
0: You know, it's interesting. I was just, as you were speaking, I was thinking, uh, you know, a whole process, but um, like feeling it in the body. I love that. And I was thinking, I feel it in the body if my feelings have been hurt. I don't think I pay as close attention if I've been angered. Mm, right. Interesting. But as I was processing that, I was like, that's not actually true. I can think of two instances. One was a work scenario where we we're on a Zoom call and it was getting a bit heated between the two, it was me and, and uh, two other people and I could feel myself getting triggered and I just, something, I mean, in it, I just said, could we pause for a moment? I said, this conversation is not going the way I really, I, it's not going away, a direction that I feel is productive or that certainly I don't want it to go this way. Can you just give me a minute to just collect my thoughts and just let me just collect my thoughts? And they said, you know, sure, whatever. So I just turned the camera off (laughs) and just took some breaths. And then I just came back on and I said, okay, you know, if you're willing, I'd love to just reset this conversation. And we were able to back off sort of an antagonistic trail or path that we were on in that conversation. So I guess that is one thing. And that felt really risky to me, but it worked. And they responded too. I think in my own reset, they were also able to reset. Um, because I, was, I didn't say, hey, I think you guys are unreasonable. <laughs> right? You I weren't blaming. Say, no, I just said, hey, I need, I need a moment to click my own thoughts. This is not going a direction I was hoping this would go. And I think in that, it was also, I didn't explicitly invite them to do the same. But I think in the moments of time out, if you will, they weren't going, oh my God, she's such a jerk. Because you know, I, I wasn't continuing the antagonism like, I just need a minute. You know, it was just, oh, hang on a second, let me catch myself. Um, So I think that would be, that worked for me. It may not work in every situation, but um, I was really grateful in that conversation. And that relationship actually strengthened, honestly, because we were able to just pull ourselves back from the cliff. Uh, The second one I can think of was also uh, a relationship story. I seem to have a lot of those. Um, It was at the end of a relationship, uh, my most recent one. And uh, because of COVID, we were still living together. For a little bit longer than what you would normally do when you're a uh, relationship's ending. And there had been some, some things I had explicitly asked him to do. And uh, it felt to me he was explicitly ignoring them. <laughs> and I was triggered. And I remember we were in my garage. And I remember being like triggered beyond reasonable, really, right? I mean, there's emotions in this. But I'm like seeing red. But some piece in me was, even though we're breaking up, I still care about this person, this human being. And I do not want to, I could have just tried to emotionally destroy him, you know? <laughs> which is kind of what my impulse was. But I was like, I care about this person and I don't want to do that. So I just said, again, I need a minute. I'm pretty sure I went in the house and let out some kind of horrible yell, <laughs> but it released that energy, it released that anger, that tension and whatnot. And I didn't do it at him. And um, it actually made me feel better. And then I was able to go back and have a reasonable conversation with him. So I was about to say, I think it's easier to, to pause when you have an emotional hurt versus an anger response, but um, maybe I'm processing out loud and mm. saying, maybe that's, there's a way to do that too. I wish I knew how I actually caught myself in both of those scenarios. But I guess I don't. Except that I didn't want, I didn't want the relationship to be hurt.
1: Well, going back to the work one for a minute, it seems like you know what you did. Also, you didn't blame. There was only three, you and two others on the call, but you made it very kind of you know very general. This is this conversation is not going in a productive way. You didn't blame them. You didn't point them out. Right. You just right. said this conversation is not going it's not it's not very productive right now i need just a moment yep which was i think i I think very emotionally mature because you took the higher road and you didn't even say it was about you or about them it's just simply generally speaking it wasn't productive
0: sure now i mean having said both of those to your point earlier i've certainly got lots of examples where i didn't handle it in this way so i don't want to put myself forward as like i'm the most emotionally mature person but um i just sort of processing how do you do the weight technique um in different scenarios which i really like
1: yeah it's um it's usually easier for me when when i want to jump in and start talking and it's easier for me to remind myself to continue to listen you know this person i may not necessarily like what they're saying but let me just don't talk why am i talking right just 2 seconds there whatever it was and just just listen just focus on the person and that's an important piece being able to respond you know the people that react they don't listen and look at it, if we pay, if we listen to if we no pun intended if we pay attention to most conversations around us the other person is often listening long enough to just either share their opinion or start talking about themselves
0: well, I think I just read something not too long ago that uh, people listen, um, while they're listening, they're actually thinking of their response oh, versus just, I mean, that's active listening, right? When you're not, when you're not, when you're just hearing everything they have to say, pause, and then you respond versus, ooh, 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 or you, I mean, everybody's been in those conversations. Um, I mean, where you're like, oh, that, that happened to me too. And I want to share my story. And you're thinking about your story before they even finish their story. And then you launch right in. Right. And um, it's not necessarily wrong. Um, but if you're in, it, it's a bit of a more tense situation where you're getting triggered. I think you're, it's really important to your point to listen Yes, and then say, and then you can go to, is this actually about me? Do you think they had a bad day or is this me? Oh, I actually recognize that behavior. This is me, or I don't recognize this from them. I need to ask more questions to find out if this is about me or not, you know, whatnot. The, well, the curiosity, I think is
1: important. A lot of curiosity. Yeah, a little curiosity. And I like that about asking questions. And you mentioned that in the relationship podcast, I think it was where we talked about, where you said, just ask. Mm-hmm. Just ask, because sometimes we make these assumptions that this is about me or this is somehow related to me. It may not be.
0: No, I think that, yes, I agree. I love questions. And I think also it could go horribly wrong in some ways, too, <laughs> if you're trying not, if you go back to the emotional, if it seems like you're not trying to take responsibility, right? Mm. Um, where it's like, Uh, Oh well, I'll go back to my lovely conversation about my feelings being hurt. One of the one of the questions he asked me, and that is, is this one of your patterns?
1: It's very (laughs) rich.
0: I will say, in the conversation, in a tense moment, did not go well. That wouldn't go well. (laughs) I was triggered.
1: I can see that. I can see that definitely triggering you in that moment for sure.
0: Yeah. So the type of question you ask, you know, where it's not like is this a you problem, or is this a, is this really a me problem? You know, I think the question you ask is super important, too. I think it's good to ask the question, yes, but just uh, more of an inquiry and not like making sure it's not blaming in any way
1: right right, right. to keep That's
0: that a, to keep the temperature down
1: <laughs> that that is a good point. That's a good point, so as we start to wrap up here, maybe what I'll do is go through some of the signs of maybe lower emotional maturity so we can pick up on that, right? Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about. The actions what we can do so that we can um be more aware more emotionally mature as we progress through our human existence and all of our relationships with people yeah. so some of the signs that we talked about are a person becoming defensive mm-hmm. a person refusing to listen or not listening very much at all we've got the famous ghosting and gaslighting which will make you crazy right mm-hmm. the blame the denial refusing to take responsibility for anything that is related to that person, that conversation, and that includes apology. Yes. And then I think you also mentioned, you know, tell me how I can avoid this in the future type of thing.
0: Yeah, learn from it, right? I mean, learn if, somebody, from it. if you're triggering somebody or they're triggering you and you're in a relationship of any, you know, regardless of sort of the degree, mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just indicating a pattern for you. Like, oh, I always respond this way and I didn't realize it was being received in this manner, but this is like the third person that said something to me or second person that said, or one person, whatever, but you know, just integrating that as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then what are your thoughts, Cindy, on ways to to move forward with more awareness, more emotional security?
0: Well, I think some of it's doing this work, right? Just really um, not being afraid of your shadow stuff. I mean, the, sh- the shadow stuff is the stuff we don't like to necessarily say. Oh, hey, I'm really insecure about this, <laughs> right? but it may be your reality. Uh, or, you know, I I respond to these things in this way. And shadow work is is a great way to increase your maturity. It's sometimes hard to look at to be like, oh, I don't actually behave in the way I want to behave all the time or act the way I want to act or say the things I want to say in these situations. And then, you know, when you recognize that, then you can start to shift that way of being, you can start to have those bigger conversations. So uh, I think in our world, we, you know, again, back to that pain piece, we also don't want to experience our own pain or our own discomfort. But if you think about, I mean, we have a lot of discomfort in our lives. You want to, Be an athlete of some kind, you want to run a marathon, like you have to run miles. (laughs) And that's not always pleasant, but it's a worthy goal to run a marathon. I just, you know, there's times when going through some things that are uncomfortable are worth the outcome. Emotional maturity work can be uncomfortable and it's worth the outcome. Because when you can be less triggered in your life and have better conversations, then you have that more peace. We're always going to peace and freedom. like You have more of that.
1: And I like when you just said about it's not comfortable, the pain is not comfortable. But here's the thing also, the more we start to do it and practice with it, we build up our confidence around it. And we start to understand how we're going to respond in a certain situation or be triggered in a situation. So we can anticipate what might be there, but we've developed more confidence around it. So it makes us more willing to be more emotionally mature right? Taking that responsibility instead of waiting for the other person to do it and surprise, they don't do it and we don't do it. And then we walk away feeling incomplete in the conversation, frustrated, angry, disrespected, whatever it might be. And guess what? The other person probably does too.
0: Yeah. I love, I just call out practice, practice, practice,
1: practice, practice, practice. Yeah. Let's just practice with this. And we do get better the more we do it. at Soul Logic. We're excited to explore all of these topics and spirituality that is not ready. Exactly. We have our (laughs) online course, Your Roadmap to Awakening. You can see it online at roadmaptoawakening.com. I'm Scott Masciarelli.
0: I'm Cindy Jennings. We're so thrilled you joined us